Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I want to say hello to our online community, our TV audience, and then I want to say hello to all the men at TCI Correctional Facility. Guys, this is a special message that you're going to love today because what I titled this lesson, the blank that we're filling in, is that God loves prisoners. We're going to talk about how he loves prisoners, but not just if you're dealing with what you're dealing with, but there's all types of prisons all of us inside and outside also have to deal with. So we'll talk about those. But you know what, guys? I haven't been there live for, for a couple years, but man, I have met so many of you. I am so excited and so proud about what God's doing in your lives. And in my opinion, uh, a lot of you, maybe most of you, are more free than people outside of bars because you've submitted to Jesus and you've given him uh, your hearts and you've become a disciple. So we are just so thankful for what you're doing inside. And here in Warren and in Borman, let's make it loud enough. Can we give it up? Let the guys at TCI know how much we love them. God loves prisoners. He really, really does. You know, in the U.S., there's 1.8 million uh, men and women behind bars, uh, either federal prisons, uh, state, local, or juvenile. And in Ohio, there's 71,000. And God has a special love for you, and I know you've already experienced a lot of it. We're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about all the different prisons there are and how even when you're in prison, you have to deal with some of the same prisons we're dealing with out here. I'll make it real to you. But I have a big idea. It's what I want us to walk out of this message understanding more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. God does his best work in prisons. And he really, really does. So you'll see that as we progress. But God works in prisons. And whether they're outside types of prisons, inside, he does his best work. And we'll see that before we go. And I thought it would be good to just begin by just talking about some of the different types of prisons that are out there. The first one is what I call the prison of betrayal. And uh, this one's a doozy because this is going to be someone you love and you're close to. And that's, you can only be betrayed by someone you're close to. And it is a prison that hurts. It has a lot of pain. And it reminds me of Bible, Old Testament Joseph, who he was the favorite son out of his 11 brothers. His dad loved him the most. His dad loved him so much he made him a special coat. And, uh, but he had other issues too. He was a tattletale. So he would tell on his other brothers, go back to the dad. So his brothers did not like him. And then he has this dream. God shows his future. And in this dream, he sees his brothers and his mom and dad bowing down to him. And he shares it with them. So now they're really angry. So they're pretty far away. And his dad sends them on assignment. He says, go spy on your brothers. So he goes to spy on them. And they betray him. They literally grab him and throw him in this pit. It's an empty water well. And the Bible doesn't share the dialogue. We have no idea. But can you imagine if you were Joseph? It's like, I would be screaming, brothers, come on, we're blood, right? I won't tell on you anymore. Brothers, come on. Uh, that dream was a joke, whatever. You know, I was just kidding. Whatever it was, the Bible doesn't say anything. They wanted to kill him. And they were going to tell the dad that he was caught by wild animals. And they did that anyway. But the oldest brother, Reuben, he talked him out of it. He said, let's just sell him to these slaves 
traders, and they sold him to slave traders, and they took him to Egypt and sold him as a slave in Egypt. And the Bible says that Potiphar bought him. He was the captain of the uh, Pharaoh's guard, which means he was very wealthy, very influential. And here's what's crazy. Um, he probably put Joseph out in the fields, but the Bible says that the presence of God on Joseph was so notable that everything he touched was successful and prospered that Potiphar says, I'm going to put you over my entire house. And so now he's running this house. He has the keys to everything. And Potiphar had a wife. I don't, I don't know if you know this. I just found it out recently. Listen to some theologians. But uh, his wife was the star of Housewives of Egypt. I bet you didn't know that, guys. She was the headliner on Housewives of Egypt. But she kept trying to force herself on Joseph. The Bible says he was a good-looking guy. She's trying to force himself on her. And he's saying things like this. You know, my owner, your husband, he entrusted me with everything, and I will never cross the line and ever cross the line with his wife. No way. I won't do that. She begged him. The Bible says she tried to wear him down. He kept saying no. One day she corners him in a room, and, and, and he just runs out. She grabs his coat, and then she cries foul, says he tried to push himself on her. And so her husband's angry, and he throws him into literal prison. And guys, I call that the prison of false accusation. And if you've ever been falsely accused, that's what threw him into that prison. It is an awful feeling. It's like you can't defend yourself. Even if you do, sometimes people don't listen. And I know some of you, I know it's happened in the TCI right behind those bars, right? Um, it is a, it's an ugly prison, and it hurts really, really bad. And he was in that prison for 13 years. But here's what's interesting about that prison, guys. 13 years in that prison... He was finally let out because Pharaoh had a dream, and he interpreted the dream. And then Pharaoh said, you know what? Run my kingdom. So he was let out. But you know, the Bible doesn't address this, which means nothing was done about it. Um, he was never justified. In other words, when he walked by, first of all, he was a Hebrew. They hated Hebrews. When he walked by, even though he was second in command and Pharaoh gave him authority, they would say, there's that rapist, Joseph. And do you know he had to live with that? But God gave him a grace. And some of you are probably living with something like that. And I just want you to know, God loves prisoners. And God loves you. And I want to show you what God wants to do. He can do his best work when we're in any type of prison, right? Here's the next one. I call it the prison of righteous living. And all this means is that you and I make a decision to follow the Bible, live for God. So maybe we share Christ with someone, and then they reject us. Maybe they even cause some persecution, right? That's a prison that we can fall into. Or you have a love for a Christian. You see they're living a life that maybe they should change. And in love, you just talk to them, and you share what they should do. And then they come out at you, and they, they fight it, and they say things about you. Then they might throw you into some false accusations, uh, prisons. And Jeremiah was a prophet, and he had a word from God, and he gave it to the king. And guess what the king did? He threw him in prison. And some of you are in prisons for doing the right thing. This prison hurts because you did the right thing, right? And then you get thrown in. You're trying to be a good, godly man or woman of God, and you get thrown in to prison. So it's not a fun prison, but God loves prisoners. Here's the next one. I call it the prison of biblical civil disobedience. I thought I better put biblical in there, right? Biblical uh, civil disobedience. 
And this is simply when the law of the land, state, usually federal, right, um, where they say you have to do a certain thing or you can't do a certain thing, and you, you say, well, I got to do what the Bible says, right? So I have fellow pastors up in Canada. In Canada, it's hate speech to teach certain things from the Bible on sexuality. They call it hate speech, and they have thrown pastors into jail in Canada for just teaching what the Bible says. No matter how nice you say it, you say, hey, this is what I believe, this is what I see the scripture saying, boom, they're, th they're throwing them in jail. It could come to that someday, and you guys, if you've been here any length of time, you've heard me say, um, uh, the way I look at it is, I'm gonna just obey the word of God, right? And I always say this, just lock me up. And guys, if they lock me up, we'll have live church at TCI, so it's gonna be a lot of fun, man. We're gonna have a blast over there. But, you know, it just comes a time when you say, I'm just going to obey God. I got to do what God says, you know, and I can't do what you want me to do. And it reminds me of a Bible story. So Daniel is taken uh, from, from Israel with his buddies, right? They're taken to Babylon. He becomes really close with Nebuchadnezzar. He puts him over his magi, his wise men. And then uh, another king comes. His name is Darius. And the Bible says this. Darius liked Daniel so much, he was ready to make him second in command of, of his whole kingdom. Think about that. Just like Joseph, he's ready to do it. And the Bible says that some Daniel haters came to the king, and they're stroking his ego. And they said, you know what, king? I think we should have a special month, and we do it every year. And it's a month where anyone in your kingdom can only pray to you. They are not allowed to pray to any other God. And they knew Daniel was going to be praying to his God. He prayed to his God three times a day. So then the Bible says Daniel hears about it, and you'd think he'd shut his windows or something. He'd put the shades down. The Bible says he goes home, and right in front of his window, he prays to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then they take him to Darius, and the Bible says Darius, his heart was sick because he loved, he loved Daniel. And he said, Daniel, I can't revoke the punishment. You have to be thrown into the den of lions. But here's what he told him. He says, I believe your God will set you free. And so the Bible says he has to put him in there. These are hungry lions. And he says he couldn't sleep all night. He just, he couldn't even sleep. His stomach was sick. First thing in the morning, he runs out there and he says, Daniel, did your God deliver you? And Daniel says, I've been sleeping on a lion pillow and uh, man, I'm having the time of my life. These guys are pretty nice. And so Daniel comes out and Darius is so mad at the Daniel haters, he throws them and their family into this prison. And it just shows something else we want to talk about is what God can do when we're in prison. He does his greatest work and we see him shutting the mouths of lion. I, I think that's just absolutely amazing. I, I have one more that I want to talk about. I call it the prison of physical problems. And this is when we deal with things in our body, right? And in my 20s and 30s, I taught these subjects way different because I never had a problem, right? Um, I was doing great. And then as you get older, you realize, oh my goodness, this body's getting old and it has more problems and more things going on with it. So you, you're a little bit more understanding on how to teach it. But you guys, if you've been here, you've heard me say this, you know, we should shoot for the stars. If we hit the moon, our feet are still way above the ground, right? And uh, just believe God for his best. And that's what we need to do in all these situations we're dealing with. And whether we get what we're praying for or not, we're gonna find out, man, we still wanna serve God with a vengeance, right? But some of my heroes are the people that are in wheelchairs, the people that maybe were born with deformities, and some of them have prayed and believed God, maybe nothing happened. Others, are, they're just content to just stay in the state they're in. 
But what blesses me about them is they serve Christ with a vengeance. They love God and serve God. And I think we should take a moment in Borman here and warn. Guys at TCI, can we give it up for these heroes? I think they're heroes. I really do. So let me, uh, I messed my knee up in high school. My, my junior year, I had, I, had a, a, a media, uh, I, I had a knee injury, tore all the cartilage, all the ligaments, and it was the archaic kind where they cut, you know, a big scar to get in there. And my mediocre football career was ended. So um, I, I almost think the coaches were happy. So uh, all of that happened. But then for like two and a half decades, I've carried an extra 100 pounds on this knee. So it's just beat up. And uh, I recently went to an orthopedic doctor, and he just looked at me and says, how can you walk without a limp? And I said, oh, here's what's happening. I said, I'm holding it together with prayer. And uh, I, I'm not healed. It's, nothing's fixed. But I said, I just think it's prayer. Probably my diet, too. No inf inflammation in my body. But I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I probably need a replacement. He goes, you need a replacement. He goes, you put up with it as long as you can, but you have to have a knee replacement. And you know what, guys? I'm going to have one, and I'm not going to feel bad about it, and you shouldn't feel bad about anything you need to do. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for all the things we have, right? Thank God for good medicine. Thank God for medication, too, right? Hey, love that medication. So uh, I think this is a question that all of us ask. I have two of them, and here they are. You ready, guys? Often we ask God, God, why did you allow me to be thrown into this prison? And why is it taking so long to get out? And if, if you haven't asked that question, I know I have quite a few times. Now I kind of understand. But sometimes this last one, I'm like, mm, it's been a long time, God. Hello, I'd love to get out of this one, right? And so we asked this. So I thought I should address this, and we'll come to the great place of the kind of work God does in prison. But here's one thing I think we all want to understand. I call it the promise of prison. And, you know, you might have been to a church where they would say it a little different than I will. They might say it, and, and they're good people, and, and I think I'm right, they think they're right, and that's okay. We can still love each other, right? But they might say, God's throwing you into these prisons. And, and I would say, well, uh, God's allowing it, so if you want to say that, and what I mean by that is uh, he doesn't stop it. It happens, right? And Jesus talked about it. It's the promise of prison. And here's what he said, John 16, These things have I spoken to you, that in me, that means you accept him as Savior, you may have peace. This is an internal peace inside. In the world, you will have trouble. That's prisons, right? You're, you're going to go through all kinds of prisons. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And what's he saying? Jesus was thrown in all the prisons I named, right? And uh, uh, he had all kinds of things come at him, but he overcame them. You know what he did? He walked in peace. He walked in joy, and he just kept doing what God called him to do. And he's saying to us, guys, if we live in this world, it's going to hit us. And that's important for us to know. Um, I think God could have done one of two things that he didn't do. And I don't know if it would have been, probably wouldn't have been good. But you know, when you accepted Jesus, one of the first things he could do is just take you to heaven, just rapture you on up. And then you'd never have another problem at all. But I don't know if that would help the gospel because all kind of rumors would start. You know, if you accept this Jesus, aliens come and take you. I don't know. Uh, none of, nobody would know what's, where did they go? What's going on up there? Or he could have made us bubble boy or bubble girl. And that would have been kind of fun, right? He put this invisible bubble around us and we never have any trouble. 
But Jesus said, no, in the world you're going to have trouble. I like this promise. Listen to what Paul said, who was in all kinds of prisons too. 2 Timothy 4.18. Yes, the Lord will deliver me, and it's for all Christians, from every evil attack and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. And I don't know about you, but... I, I just believe God to get me out of all these prisons. Some of them take longer than we want. False accusation can take a long time, you know. It's, it's just amazing how long it takes to get out of some of them. But God's made us a promise, and we need to hold on dear to that promise. Now, I think it's interesting, and, and, and I'll just say it. I won't go there, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, right around verse 7, Paul talks about how he was given a special messenger of Satan to buffet him. And if you read the verses above, you see all the different ways he was buffeted or attacked. And this guy's job was just to stir people up, to hit Paul over and over and over again. And the Bible says Paul went to God three times. The first time he said, I don't know, maybe, maybe I heard you wrong. And he did it the second time. Then did it the third time. He said, God, would you take this thorn away, this messenger of Satan? And God said, no. And I want to make sure you understand what he said there, what it meant. He said, my grace is sufficient. He said, my power shows itself strong when you're going through prison, when you're weak. And here's what Paul was asking. Now I want you to think about it, the great apostle Paul. He was saying, God, I'd like a trouble-free life. Would you get this trouble off my back? And God's saying, can't do, can't do that. But I'll tell you what, I'll give you a grace, and I'll enable you to walk through anything, and I'll help you walk through it. And that's what God, we're going to find out, is saying to all of us. So take a look at this. What God can do... For us in prison. And I, I just, to me, this is so important. I'm going to give you a natural example. And as we age, this is even more important. All of us need to be doing some type of strength training. It doesn't have to be with weights. I do mine with weights. And I go to the gym to strength train twice a week, right? And, and what's happening when you're strength training? Um, the bi our, our experts tell us, and we know it's true, you're literally tearing down muscle fiber, right? So you tear down your muscle fiber. You give it a couple days off, and it grows back stronger. And so that's why we need to strength train. As we, we get older, we start to lose muscle mass, so we want to do it all the more, right? Now, prison, guys, here's what God did. He, he didn't take us away from trouble, but he made it like spiritual strength training. And when we're in prison... God wants to grow us spiritually, and that's something we need to see. And here's a great scripture. It's James 1, 2 through 4, and it says, My brethren, count it all joy. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. When you fall into various trials or prisons, right, knowing, so you and I need to know this. This is what you need to know. God does his greatest work in prison. Here's what he can do, that the testing of your faith your Christian faith, the enemy is trying to get you to back down, not follow God, produces patience. And notice this, but let patience have its perfect work uh, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And the Bible is saying something here that's so powerful. This is spiritual growth at the highest level. The Bible is saying, man, if you learn to count it all joy and you learn to walk in peace, God's going to grow you spiritually. And so that's why uh, when, when, when I get thrown into different prisons, and we all do, you know, first of all, I make a decision. I'm walking in peace. No one's taking my peace. No one's taking my joy. And I'm going to rejoice, and we'll talk about what that means. But then I think I want to almost thank them, like, thank you. This is 
spiritual resistance training, and you're going to make me better. I'm going to let God do his perfect work. That's what God does when we're in prison. And then there's a Bible story, I think, that even brings it out more clearly, and it has to do with the three Hebrew children, Meshach, Ratchak, and Abednego. They were Daniel's friends. Theologians tell us Daniel must have been out of town, and so he wasn't there to help them. And uh, remember what happened. They stroked Nebuchadnezzar's ego, and they said, let's make a big statue of you. And whenever music plays, everyone in the kingdom has to bow down to the statue. Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm kind of like a god. Let's do that, right? And then Meshach, Ratchak, and Abednego, wouldn't, they wouldn't bow. And so out of, out of faithfulness to Daniel, he goes and has a talk with him. He says, guys, come on. Um, I'm going to have to throw you into that fiery furnace. Come on. Just, you can even fake it. Just bow down and act like you're worshiping me. And they said, we can't. We can only worship God. And then he became so angry, he made the fire seven times hotter. And look, look at what happened. Daniel 3, verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, true, O king. And then listen to this. Ah, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the, fourth of, uh, the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. This is an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. Verse 27, the hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. A couple things. I heard some messages. If you ever want to Google it, there's some great messages uh, titled, Who is That Fourth Man? And I've heard some, some great preachers. And they go through the whole Old Testament, and they show Jesus in every book of the Old Testament. It's really fun. Every book of the Bible, really. Uh, great sermons. Uh, great preaching. But here's what we want to take from it. No matter what prison you're in, TCI, literal bars, what you're going through in there, all these other prisons we all go through, Jesus made a promise, I'll walk through the prison with you. But I want to show you something else. They had them bound. And those, all the, the things they were bound with, it literally came off inside prison. Or they became free inside that prison. But here's what's amazing. They didn't even smell of smoke. And guys, I think God is painting a picture for us. He wants us to come out of prison, and this is part of his great work he can do in prison. He doesn't want us to smell like bitterness, anger, unforgiveness. And he says, if you let me walk you through your prisons, you'll come out smelling better than when you went in. And I don't know about you, but I think for a moment we should rejoice and just say, thank you, Jesus. You can do this in all of our lives. It's amazing. And, and I've watched him do it in people's lives. So here's the next question. What should we do? when we're in prison. And I came up with three P's. I call it pray, praise, and produce. And uh, we'll, we'll explain producing in a moment. But remember, count it all joy. That would be the praise, right? So Paul gets thrown into a terrible prison. The Bible says he was thrown into the inner prison. And here's what historians tell us. That was the basement of the prison. It was dungy, no light coming in. It's where the open sewer went through. They say there were rats in there. They chained him and Barnabas. So they just beat him. So these guys have open sores and these rats are coming up. Can you imagine how sick that is? I can't even imagine it. And then... Here's what they do. It says here in Acts 16.25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. And I think, whoa. It's hard to even complain when you read stories like that. It's like, whoa. If they could pray and praise, 
I can pray and praise no matter what I'm going through. And I know some of you are going through some really tough prisons. But man, if they were able to do it, we can do it. And what were they praying? I, if I was them, I'd say, God, would you deliver me from this prison? But God, I'm going to trust you right here. I'm going to trust you that these little mice don't bite my skin or whatever, you know, whatever it is. I'm just going to trust you. God, I'm relying on you. And then they began to count it all joy. They're not thanking God for where they're at, but they're worshiping God as the deliverer. They're worshiping God for what he can do, what he has done, what he's going to do. And they're just worshiping God. That's what it means to count it all joy. And then you know what God did? The Bible says the prison shook. That's pretty cool. Their chains fell off that's pretty cool. They were set free. And then the jailer walks in because he gets put to death if they leave. He goes, you guys still here? They said, yeah, we're not going to leave. We're not going to have you put to death. And then he accepted Christ. His family accepted Christ. And it's all because God is amazing. He's a deliverer. But what did they do to get God to be able to do his greatest work? Greatest work? They counted it all joy. They looked to God and trusted him. And I know that's hard to do, but guys, it's amazing when we make a decision to do it. I know sometimes we get thrown in the prison and it's like a sucker punch. And it's like, it takes a while to get our breath. I understand that, but I want to encourage you. And God's going to give you grace as we begin to walk uh, in this reality in our lives. M many of you know this. I'm just encouraging you to go to the next level. But guys, what does it mean to produce? To produce means that no matter what you're going through, you're going to keep serving God. You're not going to stop. Whatever God's called you to do, you're going to do it. Even while you're in the midst of a prison, you're, you're just going to do it. You're going to serve God with a vengeance. And here's what's really important. Guys, if we walk away from God, maybe we're hurt, maybe we're bitter, whatever. Maybe you're hurt, your prison came from church, whatever it is. If you stop doing what God's created you to do, you're not being led by the Spirit. You're being controlled by the enemy. And you want to just come to a place where you say, you know what? No matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to magnify him. And I think what's really crazy is I wrote this last one down. Look at this. Paul wrote the books of Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, and Philemon in prison. So he was typically, they say, chained to a guard. Uh, and God would give him, he had to complete the Bible, so he's producing, right? He, could you see him just moaning in there saying, well, I'll write the Bible when you get me out of here, God. No, he just, he, he kept writing it. God gave him the words to say. Uh, they tell us that he didn't write hardly any of it with his own hands. They let someone come in. He dictated what God was saying, and he produced. And I want to encourage you, no matter what the enemy's throwing at you, don't let the bitterness of life smell you up. Don't let it touch you. And make a decision. I'm going to count it all joy. I'm going to walk through this. And so many of you could stand up and give testimony. You've done that. You've seen the glory of God. But I want to close by just one more time, guys. I don't know about you, but I'm excited that God does his best work in prison. And I'm excited that he loves prisoners. So over in Borman here in Warren, TCI, can we give it up online? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you so much. Let's fire our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I really believe every moment at the end is a God moment. And so as Christians, our eyes are bowed. And Lord, would you just speak to our hearts anything we need to do, any adjustments we can make to allow you to do a greater work? And then, Lord, some of us are just crying out to you right now. We're whispering prayers. And guys, what a great time to do it. But I do believe God's speaking to hearts. So let's stay in this attitude. Allow him to speak to hearts and as we're praying and just allowing God to do what only he can do, speak to our hearts. And this is a great time because 
Uh, as soon as we dismiss, it's going to get crazy and busy, right? So great time, great time. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed in all our campuses. If you're listening right now and you're not sure of your eternity, you're forever. And I, I do want to say God loves you too. He loves all of us. Jesus died for you. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Whoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. He said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall go to heaven. You'll be saved. You'll be redeemed. And if you're listening right now, and maybe up to this point, it's just something that you weren't sure about, but it's like in your heart, you know, this is the day. Would you pray with me right now, whether you're in Boardman, here in Warren, TCI, online, TV, would you, would you pray with me right now? And Guys, can we help them? Let's pray with them. And just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained, and I need a Savior. I repent of all my sins, and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God who came to this earth to die for me. I believe God raised you out of the grave. This day, I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to follow you. Give me the grace. To follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.